The views and opinions expressed in this program by the host or guests do not state or reflect those of the company, its management sponsors, or any entities they represent. Oh, it's lit. We prime time. Subscribe, like, and share. Give us your feedback. Yo. I'm Manny at the plate and Kobe off a steal. Rescue for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive in the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids, Price and Doherty, Bell in the Indian years, this who it is. Your host D-Train, yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host D-Train, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, streaming live on over multiple media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, you know, follow us on IG at Industry Sports, D-Trent, you know what I mean? If you missed the live records, make sure you catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms, you know what I'm saying? But welcome, welcome. It is May 1st, this is the 1st of May, that number one is May, that May when we first hit around with the next 30 on the, you know, so for most of the country, that means the sun is skies, the sunshine and blue skies, you know, it's, it's time to start taking vacations, you know what I mean? And this is the part of the year where sports start to die down. Um. You know, um, it's 2023, so I believe there may be some qualifying Olympic things that may be happening this year. And I'm pretty sure those things took place last year. No. No, it might take place next year. Yeah, because the leap year is 2026. Yeah. So it might take place next year. Wait, we're going to see. Um, you know, second round of the NBA playoffs. So it means it's only eight teams left. Um, NFL draft is over with, so now you're going into basically uh, the third wave of free agency, followed by OTAs, and then training camp. I mean, it's crazy because training camp until July, but you look at it, you say, damn, May, June, shit, right, 70 days, 80 days, we're talking full-fledged football, but in these 80 days, baseball will pick up. Um, the NHL will be in its season because they're just like the NBA now. They're down about eight teams in eight playoffs. Uh, FIBA is always going on year-round. Um, you know, but this is the time where sports start to die down. And uh, you just really get into the specifics of your different teams and what you, you know, think they might do for the next upcoming season and, and all that type of thing. But it's really vacation time and people get ready to go to other states and visit other little things. And I'm okay with that, okay? I'm okay with that. Oh, my bad. I got all these notifications going. My fault, my fault. So uh, today we are here to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Their draft picks. They're unsigned free agency. And what other rouser moves may or may not happen? Um, yeah. What other let's 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 look at this. So let me let me bring this up first. I don't know why they did that though. Okay. So Okay, okay. I'm just going to recap the Browns offseason starting from the beginning of the of the calendar year. Uh, not the calendar year, but the calendar NFL season and how it starts. Which started on 
March 15th. All right, so on the 7th, they tendered, they tendered defensive tackle Bill Steele and cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. Thomas Graham Jr. was a guy they picked up off the waivers from Chicago uh, around week three. They re-signed cornerback A.J. Green, and they re-signed center Ethan Postage. Okay, so you brought back some quality depth in the cornerback room, then you brought back the starting center, even though he had one out with an injury. You figure he's going to come back and be cool. You end up signing Obanaya Okoronkwo, and that's a defensive end from Texas, and defensive tackle Dalvin Thomason. You release John Johnson, who's designated for June 1st, where his money comes off the books. You release defensive end Jadavian Clowney, who is currently still a free agent. You sign Juan Thorhill, um, safety from defending Super Bowl champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And you re-sign Sayoni Takitaki, a linebacker who's been with us for about four or five seasons, even though he's going to be out at least half the season on IR due to his injury. We brought in defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, signed tight end Jordan Aikens, re-signed um, special team standout Jordan Kanasik. Then we signed defensive tackle Tristan Hill. We traded the 42 overall pick in this year's draft, received Elijah Moore and the number 74 pick. We re-signed quarterback Josh Dobbs. We re-signed linebacker Anthony Walker Jr., even though he's probably going to spend the beginning of the season on the IR as well. And we signed guard Westmark. All right. This is all the things we did from March 7th to March 30th. All right. Now we get to April. First 14, 15 days is nothing. You didn't hear anything from the cat, then from the Browns. Then we signed wide receiver Marquise Goodwin, speedster from Seattle. We re-signed guard Michael Dunn. We actually signed Ben Steele and Thomas Jr. to their from their tenures. We actually signed them onto the team. All right. This was just last week, 11 days before the draft, I guess two weeks ago. Then we get to the draft. And the Browns bring in, and they draft, Cedric Tillman with the number 74 pick wide receiver from Tennessee. Then they bring in defensive tackle from Baylor, Siaki Ika. They drafted offensive tackle Dewan Jones from O-State, cornerback Cameron Mitchell from Northwestern, defensive end Isaiah McGuire from Missouri, quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA, and they drafted center Luke Weipel, Weipler, Weipler from Ohio State. All right. Then they traded the 20, the 229th pick to the Ravens for a six-round pick next year. All right. Then we get to the oh, and then today they signed Joseph, they signed a, a punter named Joseph Charlton, which that name sounds very familiar. That sounds very familiar. Uh, hold on. So the Browns, from what it sounds like, has had a very, 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 very busy offseason so far. Um, bringing in guys, uh, having to clean up things from guys. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, yeah, he had to go. Um, he really, you know, I like the Clowney, but again, you know, coaching matters. And a lot of the dysfunction on the defense started with Joe Woods. Um, Um, and he is no longer here, um, which is, you know, I'm cool with that because I felt like Joe Woods just didn't do the job. For some reason, he, I don't know what, I'm not going to even hold you. I don't know what Joe Woods was thinking. I have no clue on to why he chose to do some of the things he did and make some of the decisions that he chose to make. Um, but I do feel like that played a big part 
catch this, uh, catch this, make sure I'm catching the right information before I start reading it off. I'm so sorry. Um, come on, computer. So, you know, Jadavian had to go. John Johnson was brought in to be an impact safety, and he just didn't give up a lot of effort. Uh, I'm sorry. He just he just didn't give up a lot of effort. Um, as a leader, he was horrible. If leadership was his biggest quality, he was a horrible leader for the Browns. I'm sorry to say that. And I'm not speaking on his specific character because I don't know that man. Um, but what I am saying is he didn't display no leadership or accountability over here at all. For the whole time John Johnson was over there, he got on players, but he didn't. He was basically the Baker Mayfield of the defense. I know that sounds crazy. I know people probably want to get up. But he was literally Baker Mayfield at the defense. He just, he, it just, I don't, I don't know. For whatever reason, though, he's now gone. He was replaced by Juan Thornhill, who I think really is good. Um, but I'm just, I'm just killing time because I'm trying to actually bring up the list of the free undrafted free agents we brought in. Um, so I can get them all accurately. Um, I don't know what the computer be bringing up sometimes. It it just brings up whatever it wants to bring up. D-Trent, Game Changer, Sports Talk, Industry Sports. Uh, okay. Hey, computer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're tripping, bro. You're about to make me so mad. Okay. I'm sorry that y'all hear me banging on this computer, like, because it's aggravating sometimes, especially when things don't do the things that you're asking them to do. All right, so first on the list, they bring in um, two players that they drafted was on the line, Dewan Jones, who was the right tackle and uh, Luke Weipler, who was the center. Uh, neither one of them gave up a sack last year. I think that is a very, 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 very telling thing. Uh, some people will wonder why did we draft two offensive linemen? Hold on, because now that I actually got the list that I want to, I can go over here to where I want to go. Hello? Hey, bro. Can you hear me? Nah, I knew something just happened What's on my up? end. What's up? Hello? What's up with it? Okay, because my whole computer screen blacked out. So I didn't know what was going on. I need to verify that my voice was still being recorded. Yeah, you were That's why I was asking. You were breaking up All for right. a minute, but you straight. All right. I'm good. Yep. Yes. Oh, no, you good. I just wanted to make sure because my whole screen went black. I didn't know what was going on. All right? Okay. So, all right. So, let's go to the Browns O-line depth because that's that's where I want to start the conversation for sure. Um, The Browns, I mean, you, you got certain guys that you know coming back, right? All right. You got the, you know, you got the top five coming back. Conklin, Teller. Um, Pochich, um, Batonio, and Jedrick Wills, who they just uh, picked up his fifth-year option in Jedrick Wills, okay? Um, so, so right, so at center, right, let's start with Wipler, since he was the very last pick, six-round pick. You have Nick Harris, who's coming off injury from last year. Now, mind you, they have Nick Harris listed at 6'1". But everybody that I've heard from in the media says he is every bit of 5'11", six feet. That's not going to cut it in the, in, in the NFL. So I would not be surprised if Nick Harris was a rotation guy. I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't even make the roster. 
you know, maybe he's not fully able to participate in all the drills and then they IRing and then just let him go during the season so it's not made a big deal. That's just my my off of the top guess. So if Nick Harris is not going to be here, then who is his replacement? Why not Whiteford? Right? A guy who played for a team that's been to multiple football playoffs, who's held his own against some of the most top drafted guys in the last couple years. Like he's held his own. So, you know, at some point, you're not going to be able to pay everybody on the team. You're going to have to find places where you can get good quality for a couple years that allows you to get past whatever financial hurdles you may have to get into. So, Wiper as a six-round pick is probably going to get two years, maybe the, the third is a team option. He's only going to get so many dollars. But maybe he turns out to be that guy, right? Um, but at least he gives us another body to have down there to see what happens. Now, I do still believe we have the uh, the Dotson guy we got last year, the Dewan Dotson or something like that. Um, this dang computer boy so aggravated. Um, but I believe they, they're using him more like a guard. We're about to find out right now. Um, so at guard, you got, yeah, Dawson Deaton. That's his name. And, yes, they have him at guard. But Dawson Deaton is also 6'1". Now, he may be a legit 6'1", but I'm going to question that as well. Joe Batonio is 6'4". You got Michael Dunn, who they brought back. I was reading off. Is at 6'5". Drew Forbes is at 6'5". Wes Martin, another guy that they brought in, he's 6'3". Wyatt Teller is 6'4". These are all the guys that are – I mean, you know Joe – and Teller are the shootings, right? But you got Wes Martin, Forbes, Michael Dunn, and Deacon all competing for two spots, right? Um, Michael Dunn, I think, is more likely a more shoe-in than the other guys. Um, I think Drew Forbes is a guy that they've just been wanting to get stronger. I think he has all the talent, but I don't think his strength is up enough. Uh, We're going to see how that works. Wes Martin I'm not too familiar with. But I know Dawson Deaton, they brought in last year. So then you go to tackle, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the offensive tackle side, hmm, I've been hearing people complain about, hey, what about Jedrick Wills, right? Right? So who we have at tackle? Jack Conklin on the right. Jedrick Wills on the left. You got Tyrone Wheatley Jr., Tyron Wheatley's son plays tackle. That's a whole nother conversation, right? You got James Dunn, who uh, and Tyron Wheatley Jr. is 6'6. James Hudson the third, who's 6'5, and Joe Haig, who's 6'6. This off-rip tells you that the Browns, just looking at the majority of the guys on this line, especially the guys that start, they want people who are 6'4 and bigger. Six four and bigger. Deshaun Watson like six two. I think he's six three. Don't quote me on that though. Matter of fact, let me find out right now since we down here on the roster. Let me go to quarterback. Let me go to QB. There we go. And he said, "Oh, he is six three. Okay, yeah. so Deshaun like six three. So it makes sense that you want a line that's at least as tall as him." Or taller to where he can still see over them. You know, that 6'6 six, six and 6'3 six, ain't, ain't going to stop his from seeing the, the passing lanes. All right? But you bring in Jones. Dewan Jones was like 6'9. And I think uh, uh, Wiper was like 6'4. This is why they brought him in. For one, you can never have too much depth at the offensive line. For two... Jedrick Wills has been playing hurt for at least a season and a half. And Joe Conklin and John and Conklin, Jack, Jack Conklin has been injured two of his three seasons here. So that's why they drafted offensive 
line for those who are wondering, all right? Let's talk about the defensive front seven, right? Who's on this defensive front seven for the Browns? Right now, you got Miles Garrett, who's a shoe-in, uh, Ovanaya Okoronkwo, who we just brought in. You got Isaiah Thomas and Alex Wright, them and and a guy named Sam Kamara. These are all the guys that are at defensive end before the draft. Then we added um, Isaiah McGuire. All right, and I like Isaiah's build. Um, I, I, I like Isaiah. I'm not gonna hold you. I, I'm fond of Isaiah, and I really hope I really hope he pans out. Um, I, I really hope he stands, pans out. Uh, defensive tackle room. The defensive tackle room. What was the Browns' Achilles' heel last year? Their defensive tackle room. Because for some reason, teams couldn't run to the outside. Oh, but they could run it up the middle. Oh, and it was a right. So in the defensive tackle room, I know. <laughs> I know. Ah, my bad. I responded to something. My bad, y'all. So, um, they have, I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Michael Warnford. I'm just going to not, I'm going to say the D is silent in his name. And I'm going to say Warnford. Um, defensive tackle, 6'1", 296, 25 years old, two years out of records. Jordan Elliott, 6'4", 303, 25 years old, four years out of Missouri. Tristan Hill. 6'3", 3'10", 25, five years out of UCF. Maurice Hirsch, the second. 6'2", 290, 27 years old, six years out of Michigan. Roderick Perry, 6'1", 304, 25 years old, one year out of Illinois. Ben Steele, 6'4", 300 pounds, 25 years old, two years out of Nebraska. Tommy Togia. 6'2", 296, 23 years old, three years out of Old State. Dalvin Thomason, 6'3", 325, 29 years old, seven years out of Alabama. Perrion Winfrey, 6'4", 290, 22 years old, two years out of Oklahoma. You know what is the glaring thing about this defensive line? Which I, I ain't going to say glaring because glaring make it sound like it's a uh, – like it's a it's a bad thing, um, and that's not what I was referring to. Um, a lot of these cats been in the league for a minute. Like Ben Steele, Perrion Winfrey, Roderick Allen. I mean Roderick Perry, uh, and uh, and the Michael One Four guy. They've been in the league two years or less. So they're either entering their third year or entering their sophomore year. Jordan Elliott, Tristan Hill, Maurice Hurst, Dalvin Thomason, they've all been in the league at least four years. Now, that means something because defensive tackle is a very hard position to transition to in the NFL. It's not only about being physically able and mentally able, but just developing those those intangible habits, right? Because we ain't talking about intangibles that you're born with. We just talking about the habits that you built. You know how to hand fight, when to and when not to use your full power or full burst, when or when not to look in the backfield at the quarterback to be able to bat the ball down in the pass lane versus rushing and being thirsty for the sack and allowing that quarterback to sidestep you and move forward in the pocket. Like, it's just so many different things you, you know, that you got to understand. So the fact that the two guys that they brought in have been in the league five, six years means they felt like they needed more experience on that line. Um, at least if worst case scenario to just push everybody else. Um, into into doing to doing anything, all right. 
But they brought in Siaki Ika, who I like. Um, I'm not saying that I was fully aware of him um, leading up to the draft, but just seeing uh, what he's done so far and and how he was viewed in college and how he dominated on his tape, I really – I like him. Uh, he's about as big as Dalvin Thomason. Look, he like 6'3", like 6'2", 6'3", 3'35". I hope he do come in and start. I hope he is strong enough to come in and start right away and push the pile. I really, really, really do. Because the Browns need that in the middle. And it's hard to see what type of middle linebacker is really going to help push your defense forward when you don't know how your defensive tackles are going to play. Um, I just, I just think it all, it all goes together. Um, now some people, I'm going to tell you a pick I didn't like. All right. And I'm not saying that the player is a bad pick. I'm not saying that maybe, you know, um, it's not something else in the work for one of these other players in this room. But I just didn't like the pick. And that was Cameron Mitchell. They brought in Cameron Mitchell, uh, cornerback from Northwestern. Uh, you know, went to the same school as Greg Newsom. Him and Greg Newsom got a, some type of relationship, um, you know, being from the same college and maybe even from the, you know, same, you know, little league uh, circuit, all right? But in this cornerback room, we have Denzel Ward, the warden. You got Greg Newsom, the second. You got A.J. Green, the third. You got Martin Emerson, who they brought up, who they drafted last year. You got A.J. Green, the third. Then you have Mike Ford and Thomas Graham, Jr. Now, a move... Like Tom, like Cameron Mitchell, tells me one or two things. Mike Ford and Thomas Graham are getting a chance to audition for a backup safety role, a a tweener, somebody who can play a little safety and play in a slot. Because Cameron is a salary cap move, talent versus salary cap. You know for a fact that some of these guys, you know, Thomas Graham, Michael Ford, um, you're only going to have them for a limited time. You're going to need somebody there that can learn, adapt, and maybe even step up if we happen to lose a guy. So this is where Cameron Mitchell comes into play. I just argue it's better players that you could have got, free agency, undrafted, or even in the draft, than what you got from him. Now, they say he's built and he moves like a slot corner, nickelback corner. So we're going to see how that work out. Um, But when it comes to that nickel position, right, I don't think for for the – let me reword this properly. In my opinion, in order to use the – utilize the Browns defense to this full potential, there is no way – I mean, I literally mean this. There is no way that the slot position is going to one person. It's just no way, okay? JOK was brought in as a coverage linebacker. He could play that role in select situations. Grant Delpit can cover, play space, and play up in the line. He can play that position sometimes. So I just feel like the slot nickel thing is is it it depends on the situation. Do you need a specific slot corner to go up against a lot of slot receivers in this league? Yes. Do you prefer that guy be somewhere around 5'11", 6'1", so he can catch all the guys that might come across in that slot position? Yes. But you also play to the strengths of your team. And to me, Keeping JOK or Grant Delpit specifically in one spot on the field, just like keeping Miles Garrett 
on one spot on the field hinders your defense. And I believe Jim Schwartz is a person who knows this. So, no, I don't like the Cam Mitchell pickup. Has nothing to do with the player. Nothing to do with the player. But I just felt like they could have addressed another position, specifically linebacker. But we're going to get to that part in a second, right? So Cam Mitchell's over here. Like I say, maybe he is the uh, more of a financial thing. You know, get him as a fourth, fifth round pick. You know what I'm saying? His cap ain't that high. Get him for a couple seasons. Uh, if he pans out, you can elevate him. If he don't, you didn't lose much. Um, so the Browns' next pick. Let's see. So we got – oh, I didn't get to – I was kind of going out of order. Let's go to the quarterback. Let's talk about the quarterback room. Deshaun Watson is the number one quarterback. D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, streaming on multiple media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, if you miss the live recordings, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public. Look for the Industry Sports channel, and then you will find Game Changer Sports Talk Show right up under that. Make sure y'all like, subscribe, and share, okay? Um, the quarterback room, right? I've heard a whole bunch of things about the Browns taking Dorian Thompson Robinson. And I haven't heard a legitimate reason not to draft him yet. I listen to Quincy Carrier and Jake Burns. Listen to Jason Lloyd. I listened to the Ultimate Cleveland Talk Show. I haven't heard from Riz and Fontana yet. But I'm pretty sure if they're usually how they are, they're all scratching their head at this pick. You have to worry about being financially in a position to keep all your main stars and still have quality rotation pieces along the way. How do you think you're going to get them? You think you're going to get them in free agency? You think anybody in free agency wants to sign a minimal contract? No. You're only going to get this out of people who have to prove themselves to become regular starters in the NFL. Where do you get these guys? Late round draft picks and undrafted free agency or the waiver wire when teams only got so many spots and they can't keep all the good players they would like to. This is where you get them from. Josh Dobbs arguably could start for multiple teams, especially those who are trying to bridge their quarterback. Josh Dobbs is on a two-year deal. Josh Dobbs also is, how is Josh, hold on. Josh Dobbs is also 28. So, when Deshaun Watson becomes 29, and his cap hit is $60 million, having a quarterback who makes a million, $2 million per season is probably not in your best interest. Why not draft a Dorian Robinson? Why not have him complete with Kellen Mond and see how it works? I don't even like Kellen Mond as a quarterback. So I wasn't tripping at all. Dorian Thompson Robinson is a well-seasoned quarterback. It's, excuse my French when I say this, though. If Matt Flynn, Chase Daniel and other cats can sit behind and just collect NFL money and only play sometimes, why Dorian Thompson-Robinson can't do it too? Why Josh Dobbs can't do it too? Like, y'all, be y'all. I, I like this selectiveness when y'all start coming with y'all reasonings that don't be making no sense. I'm just, it just doesn't. So, Browns, I'm glad you brought in a quarterback that has experience at the position 
that can take over the game with his legs and has a chance to grow as a passer. Because now you have a long-term backup on your team. And that's how I look at it. Dorian Robinson, Robinson Thompson could be the backup for the Browns for the next seven, eight years. And that's a bad thing. I never understood how that's a bad thing. Even if he gets to the point where he seems good that somebody wants to take a chance on him and let him start. We're going to get compensation for him. This is what you want as a business organization. If I pick up a guy who I'm planning on not really playing that much, I do want him to develop and turn into an asset to bring other assets back. That It just blows me how a lot of Cleveland media think having multiple people that's good at the same position is a problem. Having multiple threats at this position is a problem. Like, it's, it, it, it just it blows my mind, some of the logic sometimes. But whatever, all right? So going into the training clap, Deshaun Watson, Kellen Munn, Joshua Dobbs, and Dorian Thompson Robinson will all be competing for quarterback spots. Uh, two of them are shooting in. We're really just looking for somebody who's going to be able to play practice squad. Basically, and maybe, maybe Josh Dobbs is here. They probably keep Kellen Munn and Dorian Thompson Robinson so they can have two guys that they're molding just in case. You just never know, but it's not smart to me. All right. Um, and then let's get to the pick that most people loved. Now, I would have been mad at this pick if I didn't realize that there wasn't really anybody else on the board for them to take. At the same token, though, this does lead to the big question of how many receivers make the roster? Okay? Now, I will give them credit, right? A lot of these guys are little. All right? So, let's talk about the receiver room. And the sizes. Okay. Michael Woods Jr., six-round pick last year, who was probably out for the season um, with the leg injury. I'm not sure if it's ankle or knee. Uh, he was entering his sophomore year out of Oklahoma. He will not play this year. Isaiah Weston, who went down last year in training camp, now returns this year. He's 6'4", 215, 25 years old from Northern Iowa, and he runs a 4-3. I think it was a 4-3-4, four, four, I think it was. 4-3-2. Then we have Marquez Stevenson. Marquez Stevenson is 5'10", 180 pounds, and 25 is third year out of Houston. He is little. I don't care what y'all say, he's little. Anthony Schwartz is 6 feet, 186. 22 years old, third year out of Auburn. Now, most of the <laughs> most of the Browns community refer to him as number 10. They don't even say his name. Okay. I'm calling out Anthony Swartz. This this I Swartz, I need you to outwork everybody this this year. I, I'm tired of hearing them say you a bust, that you were just, I'm tired of hearing it, bro. Can you show out this year? Can you show out? And he has a nice size, six six feet, 186, 190. That's good size. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 6'2", 204, 24 years old, fourth year out of Michigan. Elijah Moore, 5'10", 180, 23 years old, three years out of Mississippi. His old Miss. Mike Harley Jr., 5'10", 180, 25 years old, one year out of Miami. Jakeem Grant Sr., 5'6", 170, eight years out of Texas Tech. He's 30 years old. Marquise Goodwin, 5'9", 185, 32, 10 years out of Texas. Jalen Darden is 5'8", 175, 24 years old, three years out of North Texas. Amari Cooper is 6'1", 211. 28 years old, nine years out of Alabama. 
David Bell is 6'1", 212, 22 years old, two years out of Purdue. Daylon Baldwin is 6'2", 212, 23 years old, one year out of Michigan. Okay. So, right now we're looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 wide receivers. And they just drafted Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman, number one or number two receiver for Tennessee Vols. Excuse me. Four or five combine route speed. And, uh, man, he's a fighter, bro. He goes up for that ball. He will fight you anywhere on the field for the ball. I think he's a better route runner than he's been given credit for. Uh, he is coming off injury. Looking at this wide receiver room, and with the addition of uh, – so this is what I think, right? Uh, Cooper, Jones, Bill, Moore, Cooper, Amari Cooper, Donovan People Jones, David Bill, Elijah Moore. They are the only guaranteed receivers on this roster. Let me make sure I go over this again. Yes. Those are the only four receivers guaranteed to get a roster spot. I don't care what nobody else says. Those are the only four receivers guaranteed to get a roster spot. That's Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, and David Bell. Everyone else is fighting for a roster spot. Everyone else is fighting for a roster spot. I, I promise you that. Everyone else is fighting for a roster spot. All right? So, Cedric Tillman is going to have to overcome all of these guys to get a roster spot. We got a trade alert. It's a Cleveland trade. The Guardians trade left-hand pitcher Connor Pilkington to the Diamondbacks for $100,000. They just sold a pitcher for $100,000, y'all. That is crazy. Sports work different, man. That is like, yeah, we don't even need him. Just give me 100 bands. You can take him. Man, what? This is crazy, right? Uh, just throw that in there. Some breaking news just popped up. Cleveland Guardians traded. Left-hand pitcher Connor Pilkington to the Diamondbacks for $100,000. It's crazy. All right, so back to this uh, pass catching run. Because like I say, it's only four guys that's guaranteed to get roster spots. Everybody else, for real, you got to earn it. I mean, and to me, Jakeem Grant and Jalen Darton don't make the team. I don't even think Marquise Goodwin makes the team. You want me to be honest. I don't think he makes the team either. Mike Harley, Isaiah Weston, Cedric Tillman. If we gonna keep three more receivers, those are the three other receivers I believe gonna make. Mike Harley Jr., Cedric Tillman, and Isaiah Weston. The rest of these guys cut practice squad. I actually like Jalen Darden. Um, I actually hope he outperforms everybody else as a kick returner. I don't have no problems with Jakeem Grant, but coming back from a knee injury at 30 years old is not a recipe for success. It's not impossible. It's just not a recipe for success. And as much as I would like to see him in a bronze uniform making plays, he may have to sit out a half a season to get all the way back into shape. I'm lightweight going to argue that he might need to sit out another season just so he can mentally get back to it. That's just my take on Jakeem Grant Sr. 
Uh, Marquise Goodwin is cool, but the 5'9 hurts. I thought he was bigger. 5'9 hurts, bro. Especially when I got six footers who can run as fast as you. That hurts. Um, so this wide receiver, this is probably going to be the most interesting battle in um, training camp is to see what receivers emerge. Um, who is this? Okay, these are all guys that's going to different teams. So let's go back to the free undrafted free agency list. Right? So I kind of went through the, the, the things, but in spots that I haven't went through, we're about to go through now. Um, so I was saying earlier, we brought in two more Ohio State Buckeyes. Safety, Ronnie Hickman. Uh, who went undrafted. The Browns bring in on an undrafted free agent contract. Um, last year, Hickman was third team all-of-conference selection, recorded 53 tackles and one and a half for loss of interception and seven pass breakups. All right, hold on. I want to go to the other Ohio State defensive back who brought in. And a lot of people that I've talked to said they like this pick up better than the Hickman pickup. Um, and that's Tanner McAllister, defensive back, Ohio State. Tanner, last year after transferring to Ohio State from Oklahoma State, had 23 tackles, three interceptions, a pass breakup through uh, 462 snaps. He also ran a 4-4. Um, so if he can tackle and pick, Maybe he's a guy that's going to contest with Mitchell uh, for that uh, nickel slash safety spot. So I think that's what he is, a nickel slash safety. Um, the Browns also bring in Lonnie Phelps, Edge from Kansas. Um, Lonnie is from Ohio. Uh, he used to play for Miami of Ohio. But last year, he had 58 tackles, 11 and a half for loss, and seven sacks. Um, looking at Lonnie's film, he looks like a linebacker. People was asking about what the Browns going to do about that uh, linebacker room. Um, and I think you got to have fast guys who know how to tackle, who know how to be aggressive um, when you want to talk about this linebacker room. And uh, Lonnie may be one of those guys, man. I think he's going to come in. Even though they say he's an edge, I think he's coming in fighting for a linebacker position. Um, Muhammad Diabite. I'm assuming that's how you say his name. I am so sorry if I missed your name. 6'3", 229 pounds. Last year, he had 58 tackles, 13 and a half for loss with five sacks. He also looks like a big linebacker. I'm not going to hold you. They had him lined up on the end, though. Like, both of these, I watched their tapes. They had these guys lined up on the end. But Muhammad seems like a linebacker. So, I, it doesn't shock me he's listed as a linebacker. He seems like a linebacker. Um, Another guy, Jeremiah Martin. 26 tackles. Eight QB hits, nine sacks. Now, he may actually be a edge, but he built like a linebacker. They said they had him playing all through on the defensive line. And the NFL, he's probably not going to play inside. I don't think he's big enough to play inside. I think he's like, like 260, something like that. But he plays like a linebacker. I Promise you, he feels like a linebacker. So I feel like that's where he's going to be auditioning at. They brought in running back Hassan Hall, who was originally, well, he's getting drafted out of Georgia Tech, but he was at Louisville beforehand. In his career, uh, well, okay. Okay, so at Louisville, he posted um, stats of 270 carries. For 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, 22 receptions for 175 yards, 101 kick returns for 2,367 kick return yards. 
That was at Louisville. He transferred to Georgia Tech. And he had 116 carries for 521 yards, one rushing touchdown, 28 receptions, 465 yards, nine kick returns with 214 yards. His averages didn't really change. But I did hear that Georgia Tech did not have an offensive line. Now, what made him transfer? It could have been a multiple, multitude of reasons. But he will get a chance to come in and compete for a running back spot. Um, if he can catch, they say he was a good returner. So, again, maybe he beats out Darden and them guys. You know, granting them guys for a return spot. I don't know. But I thought it was interesting that they highlighted the fact that he's a returner. Um, Caleb Biggers or Biggs uh, transferred to Boise, Boise State from Bowling Green. The Browns bring him in. Last year for Boise State, he had 38 tackles, five for loss, one sack, four pass breakups. One interception, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. So maybe he's another guy who could play corner, safety-ish. They bring in Thomas Greeny, tight end from Albany. Last season for Albany, Greeny had 50 receptions for 693 yards and nine receiving touchdowns. So that seems like a good red zone threat. Um. Tillman was a really good red zone threat in college. Um, so that's, you know, it's probably going to be an emphasis on guys who can move the ball down the field versus guys who actually get the ball in the end zone. Um, and, and it should be because it, it's definitely a difference in talent. Charlie Thomas, linebacker from Georgia Tech. Now, this is a guy I'm not familiar with. I have not seen his tape. I will bring that up um, and, and see what that looked like. But Charlie Thomas, linebacker out of Georgia Tech. Okay, let me make sure I make sure I miss some because I ain't I ain't miss schooling back and forth, y'all. My bad. Hey, how are you doing? So, uh, yeah, linebacker out of Georgia Tech. Um, last year, he recorded 112 tackles, two sacks, two pass deflections, two interceptions, and two forced fumbles. I like to hear that. Worst case scenario, he ends up on the practice squad. Um, and also, we brought in another guy from, was it Bowen Wallace? Anthony Kendall? Another guy we brought in. Um, so, I listen. I like that the Browns are trying to find these gems and things and uh, these undrafted guys and late-round picks because guys still got to get paid. Um, and I don't think um, – and I really think, you know, like the Browns going about this in a very good way. I'm not going to even hold you. Um, you know, voluntary OTAs is coming up. Um, you know, you got rookies and stuff. You get them in the building, getting them more familiar. Uh, the, the NFL has gone away from a lot of physical practicing um, just so guys can preserve their body for the year when the, when the money actually matters uh, or needs to be generated. Uh, so a lot of things are a lot more mental, more walk through. Um, and I personally don't have a problem with this um, just because I feel like Mostly everything you do in life is more mental than it is physical. If you don't have the mental fortitude to be able to get through these things, um, overcome these things, um, your physical attributes aren't going to take you so far. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, Philosophy-wise, huh? Well, it, this is a big year for the Browns. This is a this is a humongous year for the Browns. The Browns cannot just go to the playoffs. They have to compete for a championship this year. They have to compete. 
they have to show that they're ready to perform on the highest stages at the highest level. This is what the Browns have to do this year. Um, I mean, I'm excited like everybody else. You know, hey, we brought in this guy, this guy, that guy. But I think this year is going to be a little different than the other years. Uh, the previous years, you would say, you know, it's 53 people to the opening day roster. Um, certain guys are penciled in. I think it's going to be different this year. I think this year you're going to have 20 guaranteed guys on each side of the ball. You have 20 guys that are guaranteed to get rotation play on defense and 20 guys who are guaranteed to get rotation play on offense. That's 40. I think the other 13 players go to special teams. And I think how it's going to work is you're going to have your 40 players that are guaranteed to be on the team. I understand that y'all probably say I'd be saying 42 because the kicker and the punter. But I'm not even guaranteeing those positions because I don't know who they're going to go to. So you got 40, ooh, excuse me, 40 guaranteed slots. And that's how I'm looking at it. We're getting into the breakdown of how many by what position, but I think it's too early for that. Um, but I do think it's going to be 20 on offense, 20 on defense, and the other 10 to 13 slots are going to be dedicated to special teams. Um, because of Bubba Ventron's background and his ability to, you know, do different things, um, I think this is going to be a consensus. The offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator are going to say, I want to keep these guys. Bubba Ventron is going to say, uh, these are guys that I would like to keep for special teams. And they're going to see which guys are on both lists. If you're an offensive guy that's on the, I would like to keep these guys on the team list for the offense, and you're on the bubble ventral once you're on the special teams, I think you make the team. I think the same goes for the defense. If Jim Schwartz says, I would like to keep these guys, um, if we can find them a spot and both Metron said, hey, some of these same guys I like for special teams, I think that's how you get to the, the end of the squad. But I do think it's going to be like 13 to 20 of those guys because the guys that don't make the team for special teams are going to end up on the practice squad. And you have to be careful who you put on the practice squad because just because you put them on a practice squad don't mean they can't get swooped up by other teams. There is a, a, a gray area, uh, excuse me, a signing period where the team designates you for practice squad, but there's like a 48-hour window where other teams will come in and swoop you up from waivers. So I think that's how it's going to go. I am looking forward to the remake of this front seven. Um, but I like the idea of Miles, Dalvin, Siaki, Obo. Then you got you know JOK Phillips. Uh, whoever ends up being that third um starting uh linebacker. I know a lot of people gonna say is is Antoine Walker Jr., but he has to come back from an injury. And for those people, let me reference this too. For those people who don't like the defensive tackle pick. Why did Anthony Walker Jr. get hurt last year? Because he was going for a tackle on a running back. And the offensive guard was on the second level. Why was the offensive guard on the second level? Because you didn't have a defensive tackle that could soak up his block. Why is the linebackers getting hurt? Because you don't have defensive tackles that stops them from getting to the second level. So you're having 6'5", 330-pound guys check your – come and block your 6'2", 230, 40-pound linebackers. 
So they're not only if they're giving up plus 100 pounds, but they're also giving up four inches. What do you think is going to happen to the knees of your linebackers? How do you think they're supposed to hold up that way? So all these people, oh, you could have got this guy and this guy. Are you considering the money that it takes to get certain talents and what back channels you have to go through to pick up a talent at that caliber and it not cost you an arm and a leg? D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk Industry Sports, streaming on multiple media platforms, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, follow us on IG at Industry Sports or D-Trent. If you missed the live streaming, please follow, subscribe, like, share. You can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms. Just look for the Industry Sports channel, subscribe to that, and then you can find the Game Changer Sports Talk show right up under that. Um, it's too early to be trying to do Browns predictions, but it's never too early to bet on them. Um, so I want to encourage them people to bet in favor of the Browns having a good year. Um, but I just want to see, I need a little more insight on what the new offense is. What I can tell you though is out of the 20 slots, right? Cause now I'm going to end y'all with this, right? 20 slots, right? So on offense, right? Deshaun automatically got a spot. Nick Chubb automatically got a spot. Um. That's two players. Then you got four receivers, right? Cooper, Moore, Jones, Bell. So that's six players, right? You got five offensive linemen who's guaranteed to get on, right? So that's Batonio, Teller, Conklin, Wills, and Pochich, all right? So you had 11 players right now. Right. Then you got, I want to say, Harrison Bryant. No, I probably should say that. I want to say Jerome Ford. I want to say James Hudson. I want to say Jordan Atkins. Um, and that puts you at fourteen. After that, bro, I don't know. So right now, and I said it was going to be at least 20 guaranteed rotation players on offense. I can only name 14 people with guaranteed spots. I would just say Jerome Ford, Jerome Ford, Harrison Bryant. No, Jerome Ford, Atkins, James Hudson. I can only name 14. I'm a, maybe that's 15. Let's, do, let's just say 15 for the sake of argument. 15 players on offense with a guaranteed spot, which means there's another five positions open for people to get. On defense, it's probably more than that, because the only guaranteed spots I see is Ward, Newsom, Thornhill, Grant, Dale Pitt, um, Miles, Dalvin. Hold on, let me get this right. Let me get this right. Greg, Denzel, Juan Grant. That's four. Martin Emerson, AJ Green. Okay, so we going that's six. Um Miles Garrett, Dalvin Thomason, uh Oboe. That's nine. JOK Jacob Phillips. That's 11. Um, Anthony Walker Jr. That's 12. Uh, Alex Wright. That's 13. Uh, Tony Fields. 14. DeAnthony Bell. 15. Maybe 16, right? Maybe 16. So that still leaves four other slots open because I said it was going to be guaranteed 20, all right? So it's going to be some position battles. It's going to be very interesting. But understand, 
the players that I named, 90% of the players that I named out of the 30 players that I said was going to get guaranteed spots are all making good money. Those players take up majority of the salary cap that we know right now. So in order for the Browns to keep sustaining success, these other guys that they're using to fill the roster out with can't cost that much, but have to be very impactful. And at one point in time, come to a point where they can net the Browns a good return if we have to trade them or lose them to free agency. Them third round, second round picks, fourth round picks start adding up when you can trade them off to get better position and pick in or better players. Um, but yeah, though, I like the draft overall for the Browns. I gave it an A so far. I just gave it a flat A. Um, I thought they got guys of value at positions where they were rated higher. Cedric Tillman was rated higher. Sayoni Sayaki Ika was rated higher than where he went. Dewan Jones was rated higher than when he went. Luke Whitefoot was rated higher than when he went. Even Dorian Thompson Robinson and Cameron Mitchell were rated higher than when they got drafted. So as far as I'm concerned, not only did the Browns get players in depth and positions that they're going to have to address later on, but they also picked top-tier talent for what position they got them at. And to me, that's an successful draft. Um, now, how the players perform, you know, that's yet remain to be seen, but I think I think Andrew Berry did a very solid job with this draft. Um, I have no complaints on it. I'm more interested in the undrafted free agent guys and how they'll be utilized and what they're going to look like in the preseason because they're going to get a lot of time to play. Um, but it's been a pleasure rocking with y'all, man. You know, get a little hour streaming in on these Browns, man. You know, we'll come back and talk about them a little more, get a little more in-depth. We'll definitely spend the block back on them Cavs. Um, it's two games going on tonight, Philly versus Boston. And what's the other one? Philly versus Boston. It's not the Lakers Warriors don't start tonight, do they? I don't think so. No, it's Denver and Phoenix. Game two of Denver and Phoenix and game one of Philly and Boston. And Philly will be without Joel Embiid, as far as I know now. Uh, he's out for game one. So definitely check that out. Make sure y'all like, subscribe, share. It was a pleasure rocking with y'all. D-Trend, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, man. Make sure y'all follow us, like, subscribe, share. Like I said, if you missed a lot of recordings, you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, various other streaming platforms. Man, it was a pleasure rocking with y'all. Please enjoy. Have a safe day.